0: Hello, hello. This is Tooth Be Told, Dr. Kyle Dumpert.
1: Dr. Walter Aka. And we have a special guest with us. Uh, despite uh, the bottom saying Desiree, that's his wife, so he's using his wife <laughs> as uh, His name is actually Mark Dindo, Dr. Mark Dindo, a uh, really good friend of mine. Uh, I mean, excellent guy, you know, and he works actually with Pacific Dental. And one thing that we've always done as dentists is complained about uh, um, uh, corporations or, or DSOs, right? And, and right. we oh, I hate this, I hate that. But here comes somebody who has actually honed in on the, the use of uh, DSOs to benefit himself. And I'm gonna say it like that, right? Uh, to basically utilize DSOs to help himself as much as possible and to get the benefit from using DSOs, right? Because supposedly a DSO is supposed to kind of support it's a support. The S is for support, right? You're right. supposed to support the office. So he's basically said, okay, how am I going to make sure that you support me as much as possible so that I can succeed in dentistry, right? The average dentist, uh, uh if you own an office is what, 200,000, right? You know, like he's killing it. He has assist he's got, a uh hygiene a really good hygiene practice he's got a really good specialty uh practice in there you know so he's gonna basically show us how he succeeded so well in this model right because in the end our podcast is to try to help everybody to to succeed right even new grads because they suck you know but (laughs) the the whole point is (laughs) is to help everybody succeed and that's what we're gonna do despite all the hate we have for you know insurance despite all the hate we have for financial aid people and, and new grads we are here to make sure that everybody succeeds you know so dr mark Dindo please just give us a little background a little a little awesome. bit about yourself and then we'll dive into questions
2: thank you guys for having me um yeah and and going back i've known you walter for over 10 years right probably longer you know right. 10 we actually went to a pid dental together um and i don't know if you remember this but the first day i was on the campus for my interview, you were the one who actually walked me through the entire campus and showed me everything. And it was a rough start. I think that kind of set me up for failure, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. It, yeah, I don't know the why they did that to you. getting to a dental profession. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but,
1: if, he, if he's a dentist, I can do it too. That was, <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. If
1: he can make it, I can make it too.
2: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we, we both went to dental school in Pittsburgh, and then I graduated in 2012. Um, I'm from Arizona, born and raised in Tucson. So I actually right out of dental school, and I I think just like a lot of new grads, we don't really know which path we want to take. For me, I had a really good opportunity to work with my dentist who was uh, my dentist growing up, my childhood dentist, so he was kind of a mentor to me. Um, So when I was probably a junior in dental school, he said, you should work with me for a few years. And I was like, awesome, that's great, because I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like, perfect. So. I was lucky and fortunate to work with a really good mentor starting off with, and the other advantage I had is it was such a small practice. We literally had five ops for two GPs and two hygienists, everyone full time. So I would basically work out of one op and he took three and the hygienist had the two. Um, But I got really efficient at um, my schedule because with one op, you got to get people in and out. Right. you got to work quickly. Um, and and so that's kind of how I developed the first three, three and a half years after dental school, uh, is just kind of starting those skills. So I was really fortunate to be in a good environment. Let's put it that way. I think a lot of grads coming out, that environment you come out of can make or break a lot of things. And, and it really sets you up for a good path. Or, or sometimes you figure out, you know, it's not what I want to do. And Maybe you take another path so and i'm sure you guys probably had similar experiences yep. coming out of dental school and, and that first initial start whatever you're doing um that that can really help you or or it can kind of create some challenges for you you right. know
1: can can i just say that one thing that i liked in the gem that you just dropped was you said i had one op so i had to get really efficient with my schedule right a lot of people don't like to control their own schedule and that is the biggest mistake that I've noticed with dentists is they just go, Oh, let me let the front do whatever. No, you got to let them know. This is how I want it. You set up a template, you set up a schedule so that you can control for as much as possible. And you can be as efficient as possible. If you let the front do it, they're literally going to just, Oh, one hour for a yeah. you know, yeah. like, it doesn't make any sense. They're going to do as little as possible, unless you give them uh, a guide. You know what I mean? But I mean, Kyle, what do you think?
0: I mean that, Working out of one op also teaches you the the subtle art of how to get patients to shut up and get out of your chair because a lot of them want to sit there and tell you their life story and you be their counselor. Um, so when you're when time is money and you only have one chair to make that money out of and see patients out of, they you really have to find a way to tell the patient to get out of the chair with them still liking you and wanting to come back.
2: Yeah. And another yeah. gem dropped yeah
1: kyle's not as subtle as i am
2: you know? <laughs> that's right that's right so that was good that was my starting point uh and i think like every dentist and most dentists i would say you know within a couple of years you kind of get that bug of like hey i kind of want to go do my own thing i want to maybe buy a practice or buy into the practice maybe just take on the next challenge i would say that hits everyone probably within you know a year two years or so after after starting um, and that's when I started looking pretty seriously after two years. I was like, all right, I figured this out. Um, the dentist I was working with wasn't going to expand at that time. So, um, I was like, all right, what are my opportunities elsewhere? And this is where it was more of, um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. You know, I don't want to start my own practice. Do I want to join a DSO? Do I want to find another private practice? Do I do a startup? Like, do I do a transition? Those are a lot of questions that I had. And I'm sure most dentists who go down that path have to figure out um, and and uh, and make that decision for themselves. But that was more of a stressful situation for me because I really had no business background, just like most dentists, you know. So that's kind of when I started looking into DSOs. So that's kind of the the intro of how I got into uh, a DSO practice with Pacific Dental. Um, and 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 how I ended up kind of where I'm at to this point. What what
0: made you choose Pacific Dental over, say, Aspen, Heartland, or some of the other DSOs?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, actually, I was um, I, I hired a I, uh, it's it's like a dental consultant, so we're looking at different practices and uh i was talking to different dentists in the area and just getting to know like private practices and seeing you know who was interested in transition or selling practices and then i was also reaching out on my own uh different opportunities online social media was kind of starting off with you know things like facebook but not as much as it is now um so there was a dentist in my community who was part of pacific dental and i reached out to him on facebook and he was quick to reach out uh we had several conversations I think it was just i just liked him because he was similar to me we had similar um, interests and i think it was more just a relationship thing i felt comfortable with him and what he was doing and uh, i actually shadowed his practice and and went in uh so i was blown away with everything they were doing i was like all right i'm in i think i'm gonna try this out and see see how it goes
1: okay so, but i think it was, was-
2: just gaining a trust with it was you know it was coming from a dentist it was like i reached out to a dentist he reached out to me it wasn't like someone from corporate saying hey you should join and do this and that so i think that made the difference for me
1: okay and did you go work at his office or did you just go to a
2: new office no i stayed away from him no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was I was living about 45 minutes from his practice and at the time he didn't have opportunities there so there was another office that was closer uh, and I met that owner Dennis and me and him clicked like brothers like we were same thing um and so I really liked the vibe of the practice I went in I shadowed him as well I was like all right let's go here it's a better fit for me at the time Um, so I did that for, for about six months. I was an associate, but at that time, so here was my difference. And I think with a lot of grads coming into DSOs, I already knew what did I wanted to do. Like I already knew the style dentistry I was doing. I already had goals, like my five-year goal, year. I already had that done. My speed was pretty ramped up. I was already working for three, three and a half years. So for me, it was just a trial to figure out like, did I want to do this permanently? or or not so i was pretty much ready at that time six months in i knew i was like all right let's do it let's become owners so okay versus a lot of you know dentists coming out maybe they're just doing the ramp up phase right
1: right and i think you kind of have to be honest with yourself too because a lot of dentists will come out and think oh they're ready for ownership right kyle owns his own practice and it took how many years Kyle, before you actually went and purchased a practice
0: it was uh five Four or five years out of dental school before years. I was ready to, to take that plunge.
1: Right. And then, you know, here, Mark, what, four years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I feel like you have to have that time to get to know yourself. You right. can't just sit there and say, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to go into uh, working uh, or, or owning my own practice. You have to kind of get an idea of how fast you are, what you're good at, what you like, what you don't like, you know. And And I truly believe corporations can help you with that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, you're just saying that because no, I I truly believe corporations should be something that you can say, um, uh, you know, am I going to stay with this corporation or am I going to utilize this corporation to get an idea of what I'm good at or what I like and then go from there? Because, I mean, with you, Mark, you have specialists coming to your office, so you have an opportunity to talk to specialists, learn from them, and then work with them as well very closely, right?
2: Yeah, that's a big difference from prior practice. Yeah. You know, coming in from prior practice, I, I met our specialists. I went out to lunch with them, but I never really worked with them chairside. Um, and so it's a difference when you have specialists coming into the office every month, and you're literally working with them chairside. You're jumping into cases with them. They're jumping in, and helping out with cases. Like our surgeon, I think the first or second year, I was, uh, I was an owner at that time in, in Pacific, and I was doing a bone graft. And our periodontist was there the same day. So people would ask, well, why are you grafting with your periodontist is there? Because of our relationship, he came in, he checked in. And I was like, so what do you think of this? That I, that I underfill it, what are your thoughts here? And he helped me with those cases. So I think having specialists, especially if you have a really good relationship with your specialist, um, it's gonna help your growth. And then it's gonna, you're gonna wanna refer more to them because you, you know that they're good people um you trust them you know they're doing good dentistry and it just helps it helps the practice if you trust your specialist and you know what they're doing is best for the patients it really helps it makes a big difference so what what does
0: yeah go ahead what does ownership in pacific dental look
2: like um so, yeah, I mean, with ownership, just like any other business, right? I mean, we're involved with a lot of the day-to-day um, tasks. You know, we're, we're involved with helping our team grow um, and, and creating, um, just being a leader on our team. And, and Pacific is really just a partner in that. So um, we have different, uh, different support uh, staff that helps us with our goals and for growth and, and challenges that come up. It's not just me working on my, on my own. I have a support team that could help me with whatever challenge comes up. It could be a patient relation challenge. It could be a, a legal challenge. It could be a marketing challenge. Um, so I have a team who has had a lot of experience and is working with a lot of offices that are doing very well to give me insight on what I can do and then what should I avoid, things like that. Okay.
1: Uh, when you say partnership, right? So I'm thinking 50-50 is that the case or how does that whole partnership break down you know percentage-wise if you don't mind
2: yeah I yeah so it's going to be very based on state i think every state may have different exact um partnership agreements Mm -hmm. between their doctors and the practices and whoever is in partnership with them Mm -hmm. some offices have a solo practitioner so like my practice itself i'm the only dentist that's partnered with pacific at this time so i own Um, in Arizona, we're only allowed to own as doctors, 49%. So Pacific Dental owns 51% of the practice that might vary from state to state. Okay. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kyle.
0: What do you mean? Arizona only allows you to, is that partner? Uh, I I don't understand how a dentist can only own 49% of a practice, but a corporation can own fifty-fifty-one 51%.
2: Yeah, I think it's just um, between the partnership partnership contract. I think that's how it's set up in Arizona. Why it's that way, I I don't know. Um, I'm sure um, it's just the way it is kind of statewide. So we're only, as dentists, only allowed to own up to 49% of a practice. Now, if I have multiple dentists in that practice, they would buy into my 49% share. Okay. Okay. Uh, So you you say so. And that actually
1: happens in Texas as well, Kyle, it's 49% here, you know, and, um, and from what I've been told and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, like in like a place like California where Pacific started, you know, there's so many doctors and the offices are doing so much more production that these doctors own like, uh, you know, 20, 30%, right. Because they've found associates that buy into their percentage. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Mark.
2: Right, yeah, and, and 40, so yeah, 49%, but these practices are doing really well. There's some practices in, in, in our, and I'm sure in other DSOs that 49% is, is just a stat, but you have practices that are doing two, three, four times of what a prior practice is doing. Um, and you have such a large support system involved um, I don't really think of it as well, you know, private practice, I would have owned 100% of my practice. and here I only known 49% of it. Um, I think of it as regardless, I'm going to have partners with or without a, a DSO. I'm going to have people help me with legal, financial, all these different things. Um, it's just in, in certain instances, for example, in, in our DSO, it's all built into one package. Right
1: Maybe. you know, and I think Kyle might be kind of leaning towards this, and we got to have this discussion too right uh forty nine percent doesn't give you majority ownership, right right, so the corporation, has majority ownership. So in the end, they could always say, well, Mark, we don't like you. I, I don't know why they would do that, but we don't like you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. You know, here, here's your yeah. money back. We, we, we can control majority of the votes, right? So if you had yeah. a vote, they would get majority uh, votes, right? And so that might be something that a dentist might be listening to and go, why wow, would I want to do
2: that? I think that's smart though. I think that's good from a business standpoint. From their point of view or from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in general, I mean, if if you have a a company that's doing very well, sometimes you have to make difficult decisions. And if you lose that percentage, that that might be uh, you you might be in a bind. So, yeah, there might be dentists out there who, for whatever reason, may not be following certain standards or protocols or whatever that is. Um, It gives it gives a DSO an opportunity to make um, any decisions they need for for the health of the practice and for the patients. And I think that's that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I that, know, that like I,
1: for example, like Mark Zuckerberg owns like majority ownership of Facebook. So no one can ever vote him out, right? <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, I'm in control. <laughs> I don't care what yeah. anybody says. Yeah. We'll, we'll take yeah. I will show up. Whatever
2: my wife tells me to do, I do it. <laughs>
1: Bro, that's married. That,
2: that, that,
1: you you owe like five percent of that marriage. Let's be honest. I'll <laughs> be worried. I'm uh, gonna, I, might, I might be at like three percent.
2: Right. I don't ask know? questions.
1: <laughs> you get less when you're married. Let's be honest.
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um,
1: but but so what, Mark? What would you tell um, somebody who is you know honestly skeptical of DSOs? Because in the end, let's be honest. It's a corporation trying to control dentists, right? And in a way, they look at it as, well, they have majority ownership. You know, what does a corporation or somebody who didn't go to dental school know about dentistry? And that's the biggest argument. So, like, you know, let us know what the benefits are. Because I always yeah. like to know the negatives and then we'll talk positive. We can always talk positive. But yeah. let's find out some so, of the, the issues that you have found with uh, DSOs.
2: Well, going back to you saying control, I wouldn't call it control. I, I honestly think a partnership is whatever it is two individuals two entities or a group of people who are trying to accomplish a similar goal right and so when you join pacific dental you're going to be in a partnership where you guys are trying to accomplish similar goals there's going to be challenges and things like that but you're going to find that anywhere right um but you know you're invested in a team that's going to do everything, what they feel to help you and support you reach whatever your goals you are, there is autonomy, like I have never had anyone come into my office and say, Mark, you're not doing enough, this or that you're you know, this, whatever it is, you're not doing enough crowns, you're not doing never had any of that, right? And that's a fear that people have. Yeah, absolutely. I had the same thing. Okay. I think we all do. Yeah.
0: No, you know. me being a private practice dentist um i look at i can hire a consultant to come in i i've i currently work with a company called fortune management that um they're they coach me for my practice leadership they coach me in personal life um so they kind of take that role that the dso takes but mm-hmm. i pay them a a monthly fee that is not anywhere near fifty percent of what I'm doing. So, do you think? What What do you think about the DSO model and um, being a, a partner with them? Sets that uh, that success you have apart from what you could do in private practice.
2: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to gauge that since I've never owned my own practice. And um, personally, I don't. I don't think i ever want to i think they're just i'd rather just go home um you know and and fix some teeth and and not have to think about all the other things you know i am so lucky to be in 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 a situation where we're doing well we've got a great team we're taking care of patients and and i don't have to worry about all the other things um but you're right i i don't know it's hard to say you know but knowing me and my personality I know in a situation like this i do really well and because it's a group it's a team effort yeah you know, and i grew up playing sports so everything i do to me it's like it's like a game it's a sport and so you get yourself with a really good team who's motivated and you're always you know learning and making mistakes but coaching um you're gonna do a lot of great things but yeah i don't know if i would put myself in a prior practice i would probably hate it <laughs> Cause I have to think about everything else that I need to be doing and my mind would always be spinning. So I don't know. Well, okay. Um, Let me
1: ask you this, right. In a partnership, um, you try to basically split the cost of, of ownership really. Right. If we go down, we go down together, you know, we have to kind of wait. Is that how like it works with a corporation? Like, so let's just say the office is not doing well. You, are you both like kind of losing out, or is it like, well, no, we're going to do okay. well, and, and you take all the hit? No, when it comes
2: to oh, no, no, yeah. I mean, we're we're both doing well. We're both doing well. Okay. If it practice is struggling, um, no one's winning. No one's winning. So we got to figure out. And there's practices that are struggling, and we struggled before. There's been months we struggle. There's been quarters we struggle, um, and no one wants that. But and just like any other business, but no, it's not a situation where you know, they don't care if you're struggling because we're all in it together. And so financially, we want to make sure we're reaching whatever goals we're setting for ourselves. Um, and then if we're not, then we got to figure out, you know, where, where are we where are we struggling at? So, um, yeah, it's never a situation where they don't really care if you're struggling. Like, oh, we're still making money. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They want, they're in the business with you. They, they want to make sure you guys have we have what we need to to uh, to be successful,
0: and is that set up through those conversations? Are you on uh, weekly, monthly, quarterly calls or meetings with them? Are you blocking out half days? Uh, I, I know when I worked at Heartland, every I believe is every three months we would shut the office down for a half day and have a full meeting with the team, and then uh, whatever other office trainings that we would set up. But how how are, how involved is Pacific Dental in the day to day and with your scheduling and helping meet whatever your goals are.
2: Yeah. So first, of all, I hate meetings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Well, now we know. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I actually didn't want to be on this podcast. But yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so every office has a triad. So a triad are the leaders in that team every day. So that's going to be the owner doctor. They have one the lead assistant, and then the the operational manager. Those three are in the practice every day. We should, I mean, we practically are. Okay. So we're having triad meetings. Um, I mean, we're talking daily. We're meeting weekly or every other week. We're meeting with the team monthly. So us three basically work with the team directly. We're in it, we, you know, we see things come up. We also can feel the the vibe of the practice, you know, the pulse of the practice. So when when things are going well, or or when you know things are down, we can kind of feel those things. And then outside of that is pretty much the regional support, and we still have a lot of regional support meetings as well. Those can happen monthly or quarterly. They can happen in person. They can happen on on different video calls, conference meetings, things like that. Um, so we're constantly touching base. With our immediate team our triads and then also our regional support um so we do both and then you know team meetings again meetings are i like them i'm just not a fan i prefer if something comes up i want to address it like right then and there right i want little huddles throughout the day with either my my new associates coming in we're reviewing cases right there i don't want to wait till the end of the week Same thing with DAs, if something comes up, let's review the case like right after the patient leaves and say, what did we do well? And then what what could we have done different?" So those little touch points every day add up much greater than like a monthly meeting to me.
1: So, So, you know, we were, um on uh howard Ferran's show i have to plug that because we were famous now most people yeah. don't know that about us but we're yeah. very famous uh, you know you're lucky to be on this podcast with us but uh <laughs> we were on his and, and you know howard always talks about how dentists don't really know their metrics they don't know like oh exactly you know, right I do you know. right no exactly and it's very true oh how much did i spend on this how much did i spend on that how, how does PDS help you to kind of get the metrics down and how uh, transparent is uh, Pacific Dental with uh, seeing the numbers and everything that's going on in that office? i
2: would say there's too many metrics. Oh, we okay. have <laughs> over 500 metrics of every doctor that's practicing. So we have actually doctor metrics, hygiene metrics, specialty metrics, okay? And then we also have metrics for the practice. So we have key performance indicators. So KPIs that we have that we can pull up monthly and we can track things. So we can track new patients, continued care patients. Uh, we can track cases that we're doing. Uh, and then we also have monthly, we have uh, p and meetings. So we're looking at the health of the practice, right? In terms of production, collections, people costs, all the other expenses associated with it. So there's really good transparency with with that, I feel like probably too much because I'm not a metrics person, <laughs> I, I <laughs> he doesn't like in and I'm and, I, and I'm having, you know, I have good energy, I'm doing dentistry, things are going to work out. And I don't think too much of the metrics. I, again, it's like sports. I don't show up to, you know, try to hit a ball and think about what I'm what I'm what I'm batting at, you know, right. So okay. um, It's good to see it because you can look at trends, right? You can look at trends of the practice. You can look at areas to focus on with the team. Um, Maybe things, uh, costs that are getting out of line, and then you can dive deeper into it. Just say your lab and supplies cost is high for the last quarter, and we can figure out what's going on, if it's legitimate or not. So I love, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. We were talking
0: a little bit before the show that um, your office is really one of the the top uh, Pacific Dental offices. Uh, so, how did you get to that point?
1: Um, get <laughs> to the point, huh, Kyle? <laughs> I have no idea. Why not?
2: Why not? <laughs> I, was like, I don't. He doesn't like we're not, we're not one of the top. There's so many practices in our in our and in, even in our region that are doing better than we are. Okay. So um and it just shows the volume of talent that we have in dentistry there's so many practices that are doing really well right. and then by the way all these practices are struggling in something okay. no one's perfect so you're going to find opportunities in every single practice and you're going to find things that are doing well in every single practice um, so you, and well, I mean, you got an award
1: for something, right? Because you we were um, about this, right? You don't want to brag about it, but <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what I mean. You got an award for something. So, what was it, the award for? And and what did you do differently from your other peers? You know, and how can we succeed? Yeah. So we need your skills. We need
2: your. I, your I would say, Kyle, it's it's kind of like for you. So, why does someone say yes to your dentistry? If someone comes in and they don't know they have a problem. Why why would they say yes for for treatment?
0: Because they trust you.
2: Exactly,
0: it's trust. Uh, right, okay.
1: So you're saying that success is all about trust. If that yeah, was the really case, easy. you would all succeed, right? So there's yeah. gotta be more. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to it's- dig here, I'm trying to find the reason why your office did so well when it comes to, I think it was what, specialty referrals? Mm-hmm. Or like your your periodontist, I mean, he's doing great numbers and 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 I know Perio is one of the hardest um, uh, specialists, or uh, specialties to basically grow. Right, we all know what an uh, oral surgeon does. Okay, they take yeah. out thirds. Right, we know what an orthodontist does. Right, we know what a pediatric dentist does. They deal with things that so we don't want to deal with, kids. Right, <laughs> so so it's easy yes. when and it, comes those, right. it comes to It's easy when it comes to all those specialists. But when it comes to Perio, you figured out what the secret is. So let us know what the secret sauce
2: is. Secret sauce, right? <laughs> ready?
1: You gotta let us know what you're doing that other people. Are
2: I really think that's what it comes down to. You can treatment plan anything, but if they don't trust us, they're not going to do the treatment plan. So we have to trust our team, right, people we surround ourselves with, um, and the patients have to trust us. And, and ultimately, we want to make sure we're giving patients the options, but we're giving them ideal treatment. And, and, and so and we do it really simple, we tell them what's going on, what happens if we don't fix it. And then how are we going to fix it?
1: Okay. Well, simple. so let's just say an implant cost um, $3,000, $5,000. we will say 5000 right? $5,000. One implant cost $5,000. Sure. That's a sticker shock to anybody. How are you able to just go in there with that <laughs> smile on your face like you have right now and tell somebody you're about to put down $5,000 for one tooth? You know, so yeah. what happens, right? Because a lot of people have that sticker shock. That's and a, a lot challenge. of assistants, a lot of office managers and stuff are afraid to talk that way right? Like, yeah. you, know, you can't go to an iStore and go, I want that iPhone 1200. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll give you 500. Like you can't bargain with Apple, right? But for some reason, the patients want to bargain with us, right? We mm-hmm. have to understand. So what are you doing? I mean, because, I mean, Perio is not cheap and it comes with a huge sticker price. So we got to understand like what you're doing differently in that, in that sense.
2: Yeah. So first, I don't talk about fees at all. Okay.
1: That's <laughs> he doesn't do anything.
2: I, <laughs> he, doesn't do anything you know, he doesn't
0: doesn't talk fees, he just does the dentistry. That's,
2: that's right. That's right. It, it's you know we have a team that takes care of patients, you know, and budget, we gotta figure out what's in patients' budgets. We gotta be realistic with patients and make sure we do the treatment they need that's ideal in their budget. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's different for everyone. But I think once, just like Apple, right? I mean, we already know their 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 laptops are like two thousand dollars. It's insane, right? But they have a sense of of they've they developed the way of doing it. So you know, they're building quality into their product. Um, and and so you know, when you're selling selling dentistry is tough. I think just putting that word selling out there, it's hard for for everyone for patients. I think in our practice for me i try to stay away from fees and i and i focus on the patient and what they need and what's ideal what's long term figure out if they have a budget how do we work around their budget so they do it over time right and you and i walter talked about this with your srps you gave me a great idea when you're talking about osseous Mm -hmm. surgery and and doing surgery in a way where it it works around their their budget and their time it's not all at once right? right
1: Right, And, and I, I got that idea from a friend of mine who's who's a general dentist. He's like, you know, one thing he's like, you know, we all go in there. We get excited, right? We're like, you have a full mouth of dentistry you want you want to do. So let's do everything. Here's the price. And it's like $20,000, right? But the patient might be coming in because this front tooth is the one that's bothering them. After they see your work, then they, okay, okay, well, I trust you now. Let's do this one. And let's yeah. do that. So people want to, like, slow roll a lot of stuff. But as right. dentists, our mindset is not about slow roll, it's like, oh, I see this big picture. Let's just do the big picture, Right. you know what I'm saying? So, but the one thing that uh, Mark <laughs> and Kyle, I bet you you're getting the same thing is, Mark doesn't seem to do much. He just depends on his <laughs> his, his uh, team, and nice. I'm not, right? And I'm not saying that in, in a bad way, but I feel like what you're doing is basically saying, I delegate the work to the, you know, if you're, you're responsible for finance, then you do your job as finance. If you're responsible for assistant, you do your job as, a, it's not my job to try to do everything. I mean, is that what, I mean, is that where we're getting at with here, Mark?
2: Um, It's a T. Yeah. So it's, it's, we we all know our roles and I think we all do really well. And we're all always training for that. But yeah, in terms of me in in dentistry, in my practice, um, which one thing that's great is, yeah, you can delegate, you can delegate procedures. Maybe you don't enjoy doing, maybe they take you too long. Maybe you're just not very good at it or, or financially, you don't feel like it's, worth our time sometimes we're like i did fillings all day long i'm dead you know <laughs> yeah. yep. um and so i think over time we may all do this and we may not even be aware of it but i think over time when we get out of dental school we feel like we can do everything and we want to try everything and I was like i know how to do root canals and molar endos and wisdom teeth and so in prior practice i was trying to do everything And the idea also was to keep everything in the office because as soon as we refer, you know, financially the office doesn't see that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think as I kind of developed, and I'm sure you guys, Kyle, you probably went through the same thing where you figure out first what do you enjoy doing, right? You know, maybe, and then what do you suck at? (laughs) Yep. I had some perfect endos, I'm like I'm not very good at that. It takes me too long, right? um and then so you look at what do you enjoy doing what are you good at and then financially what makes sense and then you start kind of figuring out and creating your own path in dentistry of of kind of where we kind of create our own specialists and in my practice i'm kind of a specialist in what i do um and then i delegate to our team who are specialists in what they do and ultimately the patient wins because they get the best dentistry and because that's kind I of do. the
0: I feel that's the, the benefit of that DSO model is because in private practice, I, I can still delegate, but ultimately, you know, I'm the IT guy, I'm maintenance, I'm all these other things outside oh, of sorry, all, those. I'm all these things where I can delegate, but it's ultimately my responsibility to watch over these things and make sure they're getting done. And if they're not getting done, it comes back to me to make sure they're done or done the way I want them to be. Where in that DSO model, you have a whole other overarching team that's looking at those things that you might not want to deal with and they will deal with them for you. Is that right?
2: No, it's even in the practice, you still held to a standard and you're still the leader on that team. Okay. So situations are going to come up and you still have to address those. Just because you're delegating thing doesn't mean that you're ultimately, they're still going to you. If a patient's upset with something, they're, you're going to be the one calling them. You're going to be the one talking to them. So we're still involved with dealing with situations that come up right and so just because we have a team i don't have a team that calls my patients i call my patients right um if they call me for an er i'm talking to them on the weekends mm-hmm. uh, so you're still the leader on that team and i think that that doesn't differ from prior practice and idea so at least in our model okay um, and so i think the success of a team is based on the leadership of that team okay for sure
1: so you're still the it guys what you're saying
2: no, I get someone who's smarter than me. Okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Get someone, get someone who's my, my job is to find someone who does it better than I do it. There you go. There You,
1: go. you know, Be- Bezos, Bezos doesn't program uh, at Amazon, right? right? You get right, someone right. else who's better at it. Yeah, it's,
2: yeah. You're, you're basically the assist man, you know? You're, you're on a basketball team, and you're giving the ball off, and you're giving it to your scorers and people who can make the points. And you're kind of the general, you're making sure people are doing what they need to do to do their jobs effectively.
1: Okay. Well, okay, let's talk about, and the last part here, we'll, we'll kind of talk about some of the negatives, right? We always have to have some negatives, right? And the one thing that we're noticing yeah. with DSOs, and I mean, this might be general dentistry in general, to be honest with you, but uh, lack of retention when it comes to associates. Mm-hmm. That's a big issue, right? Uh, based on what I remember and what I've seen, the average year uh, the average stay for associated DSO is a year or, or a year or less. Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
1: And 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 is it just this generation or is that something that you've noticed, you know, in, in general where associates and, and new grads and whoever just does not they don't want to stay in the model. Right? right Says again.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Right. So sure. what,
1: what are you noticing? What are some of the issues that you've noticed when it comes to associateships and, and hiring. And then Kyle, will also get the difference between the two.
2: Yeah, I think you hit it right on the nail. The, the biggest challenge for me, the biggest frustration that I've had in a DSO model is turnover mm-hmm. in general, across the board. It's not just associates, it's everyone front to back, okay. right? Um, it's going to be our assistants going to be our front office coordinators. It's going to be our operational managers. It's going to be our associates. Um, And turnover is a big challenge. It really blocks growth. If you got a new team every year in your practice. It's tough.
0: It's an expensive.
2: It's expensive. Yeah. So to me, that's the biggest challenge. And I haven't been able to figure that out. Because every year we have turnover in our practice. And it's not just at the AD position.
1: And what so, about you, Kyle?
2: Yeah. Um, like, I, is
1: it turnover as much for you or not as much or, you know what I
0: mean? Oh, it, it's definitely something that I, I worry about. Um, my team has been with me since uh, I, I've hired new ones along the way, but um, I don't have a high turnover of staff. Uh, I don't know if that's because I'm in a small town. Uh, I like to think it's because I'm a good boss. Uh,
1: I know you, Kyle, that's not it. <laughs> uh,
0: so I think setting up that family atmosphere where, um, you know, you genuinely like the people that you work with and. As an owner, if the office is doing well, make sure you compensate the staff for the hard work that they're doing as well. Um, I provide a lot of benefits to my team, whether it's retirement, uh, health insurance, um, paid time off, bonuses and, and such. And so as I do good, the team does good. And um, you know, my books are open for the whole team to see exactly what we're doing, where we're at and um i i trust my team and there there's a a mutual respect there so um yes i I worry about staff turnover because trying to find that one person that fits with the team and you know it really takes one bad person to kind of ruin the office Mm -hmm. and finding the person training them uh you invest a lot of time and money into somebody and if they're if they decide to leave someday um, that extra couple bucks an hour is worth it in the long run. If money is the motivating factor, Uh, if money isn't the motivating factor, is it uh, how much they feel um, that uh, they're appreciated at their job? Everybody has different motivations, but you try to find out what those motivations are and and, um, work with that person to make them want to come into the office that day. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, then you just brought up a good topic, Mark. Um, are you responsible or, or in charge of making sure that, you know, the the assistants are compensated properly or do you have a say in that? Right. Or does that go to like uh, the DSO who makes that decision?
2: Yeah. It's it's um, we have a say in it. Okay. And sometimes I wish it was easier to get people compensated, especially if they're your all-stars and they deserve it. Um, but we do have a say it's not as easy as I'm assuming in prior practice you could probably get it done in a heartbeat and in deal. so that's one of the challenges. We all have those people who are going above and beyond and they're they're really driving the needle in the practice and patients love them and um, and they're doing extra. And sometimes it is hard to compensate them. That's that's a challenge. So if, you know, being appreciated is, is big, but then also, yeah, if they're doing well and the practice is doing well, um, yes, they are seeing pay bumps, um, um, but it, it's, you know, that can be one of the challenges there is are they compensated fairly um, and, and to the market, right, to wherever, you know, prior practice you know, hygienists making a certain amount and then prior practice are gonna give them a a much greater raise, what say do we have to match that? Right. That can be a challenge. Right. And so I'm assuming that that might be part of what's going on, but there's there's probably different factors involved.
1: And I mean, I I love that honesty right there because that kind of showed like, hey, look, we're all kind of, we're all having the same issues, right? right? Uh, To me, I don't know about you guys, but man, finding an assist, okay rephrase, finding a good assistant <laughs> is, is damn near impossible sometimes, especially nowadays, you know what I mean? With everything that's going on. Um, uh, but, but let's wrap this up by asking the biggest question that I, I wanted to know, and anybody that graduates wants to know is like, why would you go into a corporation when they're literally the evil empire according to <laughs> anybody else outside of de- you know what i mean like oh why would you you're like you know you're, you're working for the you know the evil empire right according to everything that we know when we learned in in dental school right it was no go to private practice you don't want to work for ideas so you know they're horrible this and that right tell me if i'm wrong kyle at time here yeah damn. right so so you've come in and you've told us that wait a minute wait a minute i'm not working for the evil corporation i'm not working for the evil empire so tell us like what we're misunderstanding about that maybe you have learned to kind of harness
2: i can only speak for pacific dental so I can't speak for any other corporation and i never wanted to be in that environment either okay My, my goal is always to have a family practice and i and i feel like i've got that with Pacific, they just help, they're, they're my partner. But I treat it just like my family practice. My wife is a hygienist, she works part-time with me. You know, we have pictures of our kids and my family and and, and our patients know our family well. So I don't know any different from private practice to a So I treat it the same. Um, and so regardless of where you go as a dental student, there's gonna be challenges, there's gonna be obstacles, there's gonna be things we don't know. Um, And working with Pacific, I'm able to have have a team around me who can figure things out for me when when I have questions. And and there's so many things that I don't know. So um, yeah, every DSO is different. And, And also, by the way, every practice is different in Pacific. So my practice is not the same as every other practice because we all create our own culture and the culture is set up by that team Mm -hmm. by that right by the leaders of that team and so walter if you came to our region and you worked one day in every single pds practice there's going to be a different culture there yeah
1: i agree 100 percent agree and so
2: and same thing with private practice and so um and that's why i enjoy because i have a say in the culture and the people that i bring on my team um, and so I treat it just like any other practice. So I, I love it. Yeah, it's cool.
1: That's awesome. So, I mean, Kyle, like, why do you think you're better than
2: Mark? <laughs> <laughs> he is better. I haven't worked out today. So, right. good, on you know,
1: you know we, we, try to, we try to put on some, you know, professional attire, and Kyle <laughs> comes in every single time with cut off sleeves. I mean, I mean like, you know, Kyle, he we got a professional podcast going he, on.
2: He, he got off work, but he was working like that. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know, that, that is actually his crubs. That's actually that
0: his crubs, you know? <laughs> But no, he got out of the ice.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, you know, Kyle does a lot of weird stuff, but no one understands, you know? Uh, but, Mark, honestly, man, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Walter, yeah, I appreciate yeah, man, it. For being thank so you. honest about everything. The yeah. whole point is we want to try to get everybody to kind of see different avenues of dentistry, right? And the whole right. point is to try to get understanding of why somebody like yourself, you know, who is doing incredibly well, you know what I mean? And I know this, so you and I have had a discussion like doing incredibly well with Pacific, right? Like how can somebody learn from you and and do just as well? So the, question, the one thing I wanna do is, can I get your uh, contact information, if anybody's listening and has any questions for you, Maybe you can be like a mentor for them and kind of guide them along the way. If they're Absolutely new graduates, not. listen, if they're, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? If they're new graduates, <laughs> forgive them for their questions. They're, they're not their smartest, you know? uh, <laughs> one day, Kyle, I swear I'm going to get rid of all the new grads listening. Like, you know? <laughs> but no, but seriously, how do we get a hold of you so that if anybody's listening and just kind of wants to talk to you, come shadow you because they're in, in the you know Arizona area, the Tucson area, maybe they can come shadow you
2: absolutely i'll give you my contact information my phone number they can call me anytime okay. in the area they can shadow me anytime absolutely awesome. yeah. do you have any social media or, or the name of your practice so maybe they can look it up uh so yeah our practice is Salvadorita modern dentistry.com and then um social media i don't do a lot of social media i'm gonna be honest myself so that's why
0: that's why he's happy he stays away from social media <laughs>
2: exactly. See, that was, that was
1: another gem. That was another gem.
2: I go to work. That's it. See?
1: <laughs> it is, you see? But no, man, thank you so much. Uh, I really do appreciate you, man, for for just being so honest with it. Because like, you know, a lot of people will come on and be like, well, there's no issues in, in, in with Pacific. And you were being honest. You said exactly what the problems were that you've noticed. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? And and so if you would have said came on and said there was no issues, I would probably not mark. We would never show this. As, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is this is tooth be toad, damn it. You know, we have standards. We have standards, you know. I love no, it. Man, thank you guys. Right. Really appreciate it. Thank, you, guys. Your time. thank yeah. you all. Thank you. All right, buddy. Yeah. All
2: all right, take care, guys. <laughs> all right, buddy. You guys take care. All right later. later.
1: Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at, realdentist, with an S, at realdentist, real at That's real dentist r-e-a-l. Dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.